0: In our culture, we talk about calling and career as though they're the same thing. And for me, they were for a while. My calling was to do acting. And there's such a trap for your whole identity to get lost when you're doing the thing you're made to do and being praised for it. There's such an important part of that where your calling is completely attached to your identity. Who you are and what you're made for are so connected. And that actually doesn't necessarily mean a job. But for a while, for me, it did. And then I got lost in the job and lost the the identity.
1: And we're live. (laughs) There's a little breakfast in there. And
0: we're (laughs) live.
1: And we're live. For those who can't see or don't know, the wild scrambling sounds in the background are the cat losing her mind, chasing uh, toy sharks around the room.
0: Yeah, she just found out that my ring makes reflections on the ground that okay. look like uh, laser light, and she's she was amped about it. Very calm, it's but it's pretty amped. exciting. Yeah,
1: pretty exciting. Should we talk about how uh, unprofessional audio sounds?
0: You can talk about that, but I don't know nothing about it.
1: If you listen to other podcasts on on the, like the podcast app, and then you look sound listen to ours, you can hear what we're saying, but it also sounds like we're talking in a tin can a little bit. Hmm.
0: What else do you want to say about that?
1: I was just I was just waiting for your reaction.
0: It sounds to me like. Uh, People just getting started versus people who've been doing this for a long time.
1: Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, how you...
0: How I'm approaching our audio?
1: Yeah. Just talk a little bit about how, how we wanted to approach this.
0: Yeah. So one of the things we first talked about when we were looking into beginning this podcast was how long do we wait to get started so that we have everything together? Like the, the best audio, the, the perfect um, thumbnail plan, the perfect... Title all of these pieces
1: video components all these things. Yeah. Yeah,
0: things you understand a little better than I do Yeah, Uh, we've also talked about filming as we record the podcast and releasing some of those Visual images uh, videos along with the audio. I didn't think it was valuable to Wait to start until we had everything perfectly put together
1: or even or at least the right choice didn't feel like it was the right choice Yes, Yeah.
0: right. I felt like beginning and even if we have seven scrap conversations where we just, we start doing the reps, mm-hmm. was really important. And I didn't want to value perfection over our connection, over actually what we would have to say. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this is the content, not the perfect package it comes in. Mm-hmm. So we decided to just move forward We have grace for ourselves about it being like imperfect or not investing the thousands of dollars into the perfect setup but choosing intentionally to value starting over starting perfectly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't take away really from the, the like the vision for what it can be or what it will be down the road. Mm-hmm. It was really good to have you verbalize that early on, but then to really move forward with that, where for me it gives a little bit more grace even to like what we're talking about or how mm-hmm. it sounds, where if we waited until I felt like it was perfect and then it came off less than perfect, that would feel more comfortable than gradually working to improve the, mm-hmm. the product itself in a mm-hmm. way.
0: What felt really obvious was like, this is the right time to start. Mm-hmm. We're in the right emotional and, and spiritual season to mm-hmm. be having these conversations. Mm-hmm. The world looks at like have the appearance and like the Lord looks at the heart. And I feel like it's a, a really strong example of how that can come out in real life. Mm-hmm. You did the research ahead of time about, like, how is it best to do a podcast? And one of the first things I said is, like, plan out what you're going to say ahead of time. And I really appreciate that what's actually intentional for us is to not plan out what we're going to say ahead of Mm
1: -hmm. time. Do you have thoughts throughout the week of what you would talk about on the podcast?
0: I don't think about it. I do. I'm not surprised by that. Mm. What are things that have come up this week?
1: So I would love to hear, honestly, like a deep dive on maybe where inspiration for acting started Mm -hmm. for you and what that process looked like and then i would love to hear like what your perspective now looking back on that time what what you see when you look back on that
0: time Mm -hmm. this might take a minute Mm -hmm. okay i often don't know where to begin to have a whole conversation about this because i could give you the appropriate length of story for just meeting someone because i've done that a lot or i could give you the the extremely long Mm -hmm. too many detailed too too many minute conversation so genuinely when I was a little girl like eight years old I was constantly telling stories in my head I have very specific memories of like sitting we we did a renovations of the bedrooms at one point and so all the girls were sleeping in the dining room all the bunk beds were in the dining room and there were just like seven of us in that room and then the boys were in the living room and all the bedrooms were being re- redone but I have specific memory of sitting in the dining room windows and it was a rainy day and, you know, everybody was kind of in a funky mood and I was telling this dramatic story about what it was like to be an orphan on the West Coast and whatever it was or in, in Arendelle, you know. But I, I, like, look back on, like, that particular memory actually as kind of like one of my first clues. That like, I just, I wanted to tell the stories. Like, I was imagining what it would be like to see that moment filmed Mm. like to see that moment in a movie we did a lot of coming and going from the house and each time we were coming back from our co-op or whatever it was i would sit in the back of the car and tell myself this story about being you know i was a princess in disguise in a castle and i was in disguise as a maid and Our house was pretty grand looking when you look at the neighborhood in contrast. And so I would like walk up our front steps and imagine I was undercover. And I was just genuinely like telling stories the whole time, like through my whole childhood. I wrote a lot um, and it was always with this image in my mind of what this would look like if I was watching it in an image. And I, I don't think I knew movies at the time, but I was imagining what it would look like if I was watching it play out. My grandma took us to a lot of plays from the first time that I went. I I wanted to be up there. Didn't have any idea what went into it, but just I wanted to be the person telling the story. So then when I was 13, I started asking to be in plays. And I didn't ask for pretty much anything back then. So I don't know what it was in me that knew so strongly that I needed to do it. But something in me just understood that, like, I was supposed to do plays. There were a couple of places I knew of I wanted to do theater, and my mom wasn't comfortable with that atmosphere for me. And ended up finding that there was a theater program through this homeschooled academy that we were part of. And it turned out to be one of the best. I have not seen high school and younger age theater done as well as this company It was called CB Productions, and Carla, the director, required that everybody who was in her plays took classes from her first, and then they had to audition. And actually, a very small percentage of the people who auditioned made it into the plays. She wasn't interested in just putting everyone in. She was actually trying to create a quality story and a quality cast um, atmosphere as well so from the time I was 14 I took her the first semester of classes and was given permission to audition early and auditioned for that spring show and made it in and I remember I was so upset that I was not the lead character but I was just like this little I was a triplet so I had two other people who were with me on stage every like all the time and I was so angry that she didn't see my my deep potential Um, which she did but I was really expecting it to just start with a bang (laughs) So from 14 to 19, because I did a second year, uh, my senior year, they had one play each season, so it was a a fall play and a spring play. And um, I was part of everyone except for one of them. Played all kinds of characters from Annie Sullivan and Miracle Worker to like a fairy with no lines in Midsummer Night's Dream. And Carla was not interested in creating stars and having them play the lead role each time. She actually understood all of her students and tried to grow us as individuals and as actors by putting us in different roles so particularly there was a she was doing little women and I was sure I was a shoe-in for four out of the seven female roles and she didn't cast me and it was genuinely like one of the hardest experiences in my acting career I remember I was in church and I had just gotten the cast list, and I could not stop crying. I had like big like I'm not even kidding like the snot that I went to wipe my nose, and it just attached to my hand, and just came out in this long string. I know that's gross, but I was I was heartbroken. And um, my dad gave me permission to leave church if I went home to watch Rudy, which is like this inspirational movie, but I think an underdog. Really, like, I don't. I didn't watch it. I went home and I didn't watch it. And uh, what Carla did was not just teach us how to act, but teach us that acting is a reflection of life and being a whole person. And that each character is an individual with an entire background and story and motivation. And so she's teaching this to high schoolers. It was fundamental for me understanding who I was as a person or or just starting to look at that as a question. I don't think that was something that would have come up if I hadn't done acting with her specifically. So oh, I'm actually just remembering this, but I had a writing class with a teacher. I hated her so much. Oh, she was so frustrating. She graded everything based on what she wanted to see, and it was one of my first experiences working with a teacher who wanted to hear certain answers and wasn't actually interested in just looking at what you brought to her. She had us do a paper for this writing class on what careers we might do, but it was a research paper. So we had to look into what would be the next step if you were going to do it at this career or this career? Give us some actionable steps. I think it was just one career. And I couldn't decide between being a horse trainer and being an actress because those were the two things I wanted to do. I decided to do the paper on being a horse trainer because it felt safer and easier, and I felt like this teacher would honor me more if that was what I chose. But it got the balls rolling in my mind. If I wanted to be an actress, what would my next steps be? And so at 17, I started looking into... How do you start doing acting for real, like a job? And my brother-in-law was in school at Northwestern for film. He had worked with a couple of actors in the Twin Cities, and I chased them down and got coffee with them and asked, so what is it like being an actress in the Twin Cities? And what kind of work do you find? Do you find work? How did you get started? What resources would you recommend? What would you recommend just starting out? And so I sat with this woman, Marcy. She was so generous with her time and her resources, and she just spelled it all out for me. So I subscribed to these acting websites and started auditioning for things. I didn't tell anybody. I just started auditioning for things. So my very first role was for a student film. It was a music video. It was in Wisconsin. I was 17. I drove for two hours. I had a phone that didn't have maps. I had a little Tom (laughs) that you you, you typed the address in and it took me to the wrong place. Then I stopped at a gas station. I had to look up the email on someone else's smartphone and find out where they were so it was a whole story but um so that was my introduction to film and realized i really liked the process of it and started auditioning for more things and making it into more things and was continuing to do theater uh, as well but it was really cool to recognize how theater is months of work and hours invested and every scene is so scripted that you can then find new angles and film is fly by the seat of your pants. Hopefully you have your lines memorized. Maybe you don't. They might've been written that morning. They might change them on the spot. You know, it's just a very different thing. So the spring that I was graduating, there was an audition for this, this movie called Four Days Alone in a Car. I looked at it and I was like, this seems weird AF. It's this funky Christian company and they're calling it Four Days Alone in a Car. Like what kind of nonsense is this? But I felt like inclined to do it. And so I did it. I had no idea that was Holy Spirit pulling, but that's what I did. That was Miles Between Us. And because I'd had this random 90-minute student film that never got done, they were willing to trust me with the lead role in a feature. So it was kind of funny to realize that like when I started theater, I was expecting to get the leads right off the bat. And I didn't. And then when I started film, I understood that maybe it wasn't going to look like that. And then I started getting leads right off the bat. So right out of college, I had a feature length movie where I was the lead. Wasn't paid for it. We filmed over the course of a month and met some really amazing people. The director for that movie was incredible at directing actors. And the DP was another person that is one of the best people that works in the Twin Cities. And um, I just made really rich connections, which I think was a huge catalyst for everything that followed. So after miles between us, I just started grinding, auditioning for as much as I could, getting involved on in the different social media platforms and forums and started taking some classes I think as well. Really was just meeting the people that kind of run the film world in Minneapolis and making really good connections and I don't know how you, you know, sum it all up, but you flash forward 2 years later and I'd been part of multiple feature films and tons and tons of short films and met most of the people that work in the twin cities and have good relationships with them yeah i was loving it i really felt like i had like found my purpose and people would ask me what my goals were as an actress and i unflinchingly announced that i was gonna be the next jennifer lawrence and that was an active choice to just say what i wanted because for a long time i wanted to do acting and i was terrified of saying it had a really challenging conversation with a really important person in my life where they asked me, like, what would I do if this failed? What would I do if I failed as an actress? I needed a plan B because this wasn't a a safe career. You know, it was so hard to hear that at the time, but what it actually did was just push me to say, no, this is what I want. I'm not going to settle for safe. It's okay for this to not be safe. Like, I have time to come back and do other stuff, but I don't have an opportunity to do this time in my life over again. I'm just gonna go for it, so in twenty sixteen when will and I met, acting was most of my life, and I was um was just working that whole year on film things, but it was also interesting that the question of like who I am was coming up a lot more, and I think that was when I turned twenty one so I had been drinking a lot when I was not legal, but I started drinking a lot when I was legal and making choices that felt like comfort rather than intentionality. You know, it it's kind of sad but like there I was still one of the healthiest people that I knew in my chosen profession, so nobody thought twice about it. I didn't think twice about it. I really think meeting Will in 2016 actually was a huge catalyst for me to start questioning like is this who I want to be? Like where do I want my life to be going? This is a person that I can see a future with. What kind of future am I gonna be able to bring to the table? I wanna, like, I was always working on myself in little ways, but I think it was like the push to remind me that life isn't just this one thing, this one acting thing. If I'm the healthiest person in the acting sphere, but I'm not healthy, if I stand alone, that's not enough for me. Spring of 2017 rolls around, and Will and I started talking more seriously. Um, I was cast in a feature film that shot in wisconsin and um that summer i you know i was driving back and forth a lot and spending lots of hours in the car and between career questions identity questions and will questions i spent all of those hours just crying and praying and crying and praying i never had lost sight of god but i had definitely lost sight of like what walking with god was supposed to do in me where i felt like i'm supposed to live this out for other people so they know god is good but had lost track of what God would be in me in the midst of that. That summer, we got together. I moved out shortly after that, had my own place, felt like I was rocking the world. I had this great boyfriend. I had this great um, career. I was living alone. uh, My home was beautiful. And like so much of that was really true in an internal place as well. Like I was doing so well emotionally and spiritually. And then I started feeling the pull from the Lord to set acting aside. Didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) By the summer that we got married, which was 2019, I knew the Lord was telling me to to set acting aside, to stop pursuing it and stop trying to get roles. I felt permission to take what came my way, but no permission to fight for it or try and earn it from my own capacity. Oh no, that must've been the summer, fall we started dating actually. Um, But what happened right after that was that I ended up getting more roles and more like better roles on bigger projects with better crews and better paying than I ever had before. As soon as I like surrendered it to the Lord and was like, I'm not doing anything that you don't specifically just bring to me. So people would reach out out of the blue and be like, hey, I want you on this project. Here's what we can pay you. Here's what the role is (laughs) where I wasn't auditioning for things or hey, we want you to audition for this project. I would audition for a small role. They give me a bigger role. Um, where it's just like the favor of God on my career as soon as I was willing to put it aside. So for that whole first year of surrender, I worked more. And then the year after that, I stopped working essentially, almost completely. And that was when you and I got married or shortly after. And then 2020 happened with the pandemic and the shutdowns and everything. And it's also connected. You know, we talk about like your career and we think we can just put it in terms of like, this is what I do from nine to five. But At least in our culture, your career is so linked to your identity and especially in something like acting where you're actually bringing yourself, you're showcasing your most vulnerable sides. The work that I do internally impacts how well I can act, how well I can do my job. So from the fall of 2019 to the beginning of the pandemic, I hardly did any acting. And that was, I mean, really challenging. But it it was honestly like, I think in many ways, like the, the Lord testing like, hey, did you lay this down or did you just say you did? It was shocking to me how much of my identity had been stuck there. Then as 2020 happened and I wasn't employed, my position had ended as a nanny with this family that had opened up all kinds of places in my heart. The Lord was just peeling back layer after layer after layer after layer, after layer of who I am. You know, things I never had time to look at when I was just grinding. So in the three, three years that have transpired since then, I've done a project here and there. It doesn't feel like I'll never act again but there's no hope set on that for me. My life is not revolving around if I ever act again, if I ever get in big projects again, projects again, what people think of me in the film world. Um, I was really trapped in fear of what people thought of me, fear of man, trying to like be enough, trying to act the way they wanted me to act rather than what felt honest. I really got into some patterns, uh, like some stuck places. And I learned so much about how to act for the camera that I stopped being a good actress, I think. I completely lost track of like what acting's about in all of the tips and tricks of the trade. It was so hard to like surrender to the spirit's pull, to drop it, but I am so much better for it as a person, as an actress, as a friend, a wife, a mother, a sister. In our culture we talk about calling and career as though they're the same thing and for me they were for a while. My calling was to do acting. And there's such a trap for your whole identity to get lost when you're doing the thing you're made to do and being praised for it, being successful at it. You know, it, it's every it's the American dream or you know the our culture's dream. There's such an important part of that where your calling is completely attached to your identity. Who you are and what you're made for are so connected. And that actually doesn't necessarily mean a job. But for a while, for me, it did. And then I got lost in the job and lost the, the identity. Because I was made to do this, this must be all I am. And in having me lay it down and then all the things that have happened in the last... I mean, you and I have dug in when when challenges arise or when woundings arise and i cannot i mean i don't recognize who i am now when i set her next to who i was when we met who i was the year before we met who i was a year into film work the lord has been so faithful to just transform me and inform me about myself through the process of me being willing to lay down my ego and my hope honestly the question really was am i enough and is he enough is he still good? If nothing ever comes of this, if I have told people boldly I'm going to be the next Jennifer Lawrence and then I stop acting altogether, am I a failure? Am I a liar? Does their opinion of me change? Does my opinion of me change? Like, who who am I if I'm not that? And that is a holy place to be. (laughs) Like, the answer is enough. Who am I if I'm not that? I'm enough. I'm loved. That's been a process of a few years of intentional digging to get to that understanding it's been an incredible few years and what is really fun very very cool and what i'm like watching happen the relationships that i built were honest relationships and they've stuck with me here we are now where it feels like permission might be coming back in little spurts and not for everything for sure but in little places as i am reconnecting with the industry and with people in the industry, and I'm invited on to some of these projects that I'd be really proud to be part of, I haven't missed anything. You know, there's some things that have happened that have been really exciting, but what is for me is still for me, and nothing that I was not part of was for me. There's this lie, I think, in the world, but really strongly in, like, the film industry, that if you're not working, your royal took us off. (laughs) You will fade from memory, which is the fear but when you're walking with the spirit you don't lose the things that are designed for you even if you step away for a long time it's been really interesting recognizing that now that i don't need it it's coming back into my life a little and as it comes back into my life i recognize it's an excellent addition but it is not an end goal and that's new for me and so good
1: i put it back down thank you I don't know how to come back from the musical interlude quite, how to do that super smoothly, but boo, that was so good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those things.
0: Thank you for asking me about them. As you've gathered, boo baby is up.
1: (laughs) The nap time uh, has come to an end. That's right. And uh, therefore the nap time session probably needs to come to an end as well. That's right. Guess who learned to uh, do a high five today? That's right. Our eight month old son.
0: That's the one. Guess who has almost six teeth?
1: That's right good times in the neighborhood
0: that's right it's a rich life Mm -hmm. i can't imagine being a mother now without the break from film honestly there are so many things that i have healed honestly but healed and learned in the last two and a half three years that you know when you're just grinding it's so hard to invest in the heart spaces and that's everything that you need as a mother all of it
1: so I think this uh, would end up being episode six if we post all the episodes that we recorded. Mm-hmm. What do you envision for the next like month of episodes, month worth of episodes? What's up, Gita?
0: I I feel like this next month is honest is honestly gonna be covering the base topics,
1: mm-hmm.
0: our beliefs and values. Honestly, it's really mm-hmm. interesting, but like our beliefs and values and how we got there mm-hmm. around most of the topics, mm-hmm. and I think that's season one foundation. Yeah. This is what remains after we've threshed it all out, mm. and then I think season two we're gonna dig deeper, but I don't know what that even looks like. Mm-hmm.
1: How many episodes do you think we should cut off season one with?
0: Twenty-five. That right. popped out of my mouth. I have no idea why. Hey. So
1: hey, I love the uh, the quick answers. Generally, they're generally the right ones.
0: Yeah, I love it. And you haven't even talked yet, so we've got lots to we've got lots to do.
1: Hey, it's gonna be good. We should probably figure out a way to um, outro, outro our, our episodes as well, too.
0: For more information, you can find my books at blah, 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 blah.
1: For more information,
0: mm-hmm.
1: listen to some more of these podcasts because that's where the information is right now.
0: Yeah. I just don't feel like it's, like, the right thing for us to be, like...
1: Promoting our own things.
0: Yes. Yeah. Have an awesome day. That's right. <laughs> Chris Ballatin. That's <laughs> right.